in a world, in a world, in a world, in a world, in a land, in an age, in the future, in every age, in the future. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time in two. Jump in your pickup trucks and head on down to the trailer park. Grab the PBR. It's trailer park time. All right, guys. What we got on the docket today? Bridges of Spies. The Martian. Bri- Bridge of Spies. Oh, Bridge of Spies. The new Spielberg. <laughs> the Martian. Ridley Scott movie, The Martian, and we have a little bit under the radar movie called Z for Zechariah. We'll save that one for a moment. So let's go ahead and talk about Bridge of Spies. All right, Jammers, you chose Mr. Spielberg as your all-time favorite director. So uh, in watching this trailer, give us the rundown. Nah, uh, I don't know. I'm not that hopeful for it. I, Ooh, I feel like I thought really? it was pretty good. It's like, yeah, it's like Tom Hanks has to be the morally righteous, selfish man in a morally turbid world, and you know, it's it's like Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks in a Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Maybe Tom Hanks is just really uh, a really <laughs> nice fucking guy. You never know. That's pretty good. I, I kind of get that picture. Although apparently his son is a dildo. You see the things about his his tweets recently? No. No. Tom Hanks' other son, the one that's not the actor, oh, okay. apparently he fancies himself a rapper. <laughs> uh, he he posted some sort of odd tweets post Caitlyn Jenner and, uh, of course, using racial epithets. But it's okay because he's a rapper. I thought he, that was you know, Tom Cruise's son. No, 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 that, that too, that too. But this, no, this is, uh, he sounded more like Snoop Dogg than Tom Hanks' mm. son, but whatever. Anyway, Tom Hanks playing Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. He, he does seem to go for the same roles these days. I mean, it might as well be what Captain Phillips is uh, in a bridge of spies or whatever the hell. Uh, I couldn't actually finish that movie. It was nominated oh, yeah. for an Oscar, and I couldn't really. Yeah, I, I never saw this. Oh, the Captain I, Phillips. I, got, I never watched it. Yeah, it's. It, I'm sure I, I would like it well enough if I got through it, but eh, eh, whatever. Isn't a isn't that a Robert Zemeckis movie? I don't know. I thought I thought it was, but anyway. But this is Spielberg. Jimmers, mm-hmm. come on! You got to have some. Yeah, hope. I liked because uh, it, it looks like it has a lot of the same aesthetic as Munich. And that was kind of hopeful. Like, a lot of the shots looked almost identical scene for scene. Okay, I'm with you there. I love yeah. Munich. So, are, wait, Jimmers, are you one of those guys who, like, secretly thinks Munich is one of the greatest yeah, movies I love of Munich. all time? You're going to have to explain that to me one day because, like, I like Munich, but I don't understand the fascination with it. So, maybe you could explain it and it might have some relevance to this bridge of spies. Yeah. All right. It's outside of the purview of this discussion. I will say though, that I feel like we've kind of gone to a place where like any kind of good action movie has to be shrouded, you know, good as far as I'm concerned, it has to be shrouded within a drama. Like anything that we would just outright call an action movie is going to be total dog shit. And I feel like Munich is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like there are a couple of scenes where there's shootings and bombings and stuff. And there's actually tension in those scenes over the course of the film. Right. 
as opposed to any other scene where it's... And the actual spy is part. Right, yeah, and you break. have to get to, like, the acting part for a little bit before you care that the guy who got shot just got shot. And, um, but, like, this, I, I felt like even in the trailer, it looked like they were trying to, you know, like, ring out an old sponge. Because it's, it's like there's Tom Hanks and his family, and, and gunshots come through the window. And then he goes to Berlin, and they're by the Berlin Wall, and some guy gets shot running up to the Berlin Wall. And I, I feel like yeah. like those are probably about the only two scenes with any gunplay in this film. And they threw him in here to make it look exciting. So let me ask you guys this, then. So what is your take on that whole like uh, Cold War nostalgia? I think, well, I think it's a part of history that's starting to be forgotten. And it shouldn't be. No, I, I disagree. I think okay. um, a lot of this has to do, like, we exist in a world where we have to, well, we don't have to, I don't worry about it, but, you know, like, people feel compelled to worry about terrorism, and we talk about what we call fourth-generation warfare. It's effectively urban combat guerrilla warfare, and at least with the Cold War, it was two superpowers, but the lines were relatively clear, and there was a sort of espionage thing going on, and we lend it this sort of, you know, James Bond-esque credence as, as being kind of even that aspect of its romanticized like what what is romantic about the modern yeah. war on terror you know what i mean like either you blow a bunch of people up you know living in caves or they capture you and cut your head off yeah that's a good point like you have these uh old films from the 80s and even a little bit before that like uh little nikita i remember as a mm-hmm. kid growing up of course red dawn is one of the big ones uh even 2010 uh you know the old 2001 sequel from the 80s all was tinged yeah. with that Cold War. Right. Now mentality. that you mentioned it, yeah, it's, it's horribly and dated in that respect, yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. I just think about how it's like the novel, and I, I forget all the Soviet tension that's supposed to be in that one. Yeah, they're racing the Soviets to, to get to um, Jupiter, aren't they? Uh, yes. Well, what uh, I was talking essentially. about... Essentially. It was supposed to be cooperative in the movie, but yeah, keep going, Jeff. What I was talking about is before the History Channel became the whatever channel, um, they did the, more... The redneck, the redneck hillbilly, Las Vegas sell stuff channel. Yeah, but before okay. that, they used to do World War Two up the butt, just all the mm-hmm. time. Yes, agreed. They did. They did. And very little. That's the shit. That very sells. little on the Cold War, in comparison. Yeah. See, uh, well, anyway, go back to what Jimmer's point was. I actually have a lot of affinity for some of these old, even though they're kind of cheesy and dated. Like Red Dawn is definitely. I mean. They try to remake it and couldn't because the circumstances just don't fit. But kids aren't going to have that same nostalgia for like Zero Dark Thirty that some of us have for like Red Dawn and Little Nikita yeah. and shit like that. You remember that. in the trailer for, and gotcha. for Bridge of Spies, they even show a classroom and they're watching nuclear bombs go off in horror. Like those were the stakes. Duck and cover, my friends. With tears running Duck down their face. Duck and cover. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Gotcha? Yeah, that's a great movie, too. That's a great movie. I still watch that one from time to time. Uh, It was on Netflix at one point, so if it still is or if it comes back on, you know, if anybody is listening uh, that has a predilection to check out some of the things we say, you should totally check out Gotcha, which is another one of those definitely dated outside of the context of the Cold War. You would have no idea what the hell was going on, but that (laughs) that was totally the sign of the times back then. Okay, guys, we've got... The Martian, Ridley Scott, Matt Damon. Uh, how familiar are you guys with this story? Oh, not familiar. You, but looks you mean good. Interstellar? Ooh, God damn it, Jimmers! Why? Why do you have to go there? I was watching this um, trailer, 
and because I just I saw Interstellar in the theater however many months ago, and I I liked it. I mean, it made an impression. Um, and I'm sitting, and it's like Matt Damon is a hopelessly lost astronaut on a desolate planet, and Jessica Chastain is is leading a mission to come back. And yeah, I'm like yes. what the. F- I- like I understand, and, like and people both are Jessica stupid. Chastain and Matt Damon are in this movie as well. I couldn't believe really really Scott had to, anything to do with this because I was thinking like maybe the studios didn't talk to each other or anything, but you figure like the stars would have known this is the exact same film I just starred in for my last movie. <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, first of all, it, it is Ridley Scott. I think when we did our directors big dig that one time uh, we actually talked about you know Ridley Scott was those one of those names that was up there as he's definitely one of the biggies uh, like Spielberg yeah maybe not uh, of course the same caliber but you know he's he's right up there right and and he's got a lot less excuse than a lot of other directors I think because Scott Free Productions is his company is the one he founded with Tony Scott who, who committed yeah. suicide of course um yeah so, so like he's a there's a little bit more of like this auteur thing kind of going on with him which is great and everything but I, I really wonder, like, if he had beat Christopher Nolan to the theaters with this, I don't feel like Christopher Nolan would have still gone through with Interstellar. I, I wonder what was going on in Hollywood that both of these films, I mean, it's like uncanny how similar they are. Um, did you guys ever watch, uh, you guys are talking about like the trailer where they're actually talking, explaining the plot. Um, did you guys watch the teasers? There are two teasers for The Martian. I think I, think I did, although I, had, I haven't watched those recently. Yeah, you'll you'll know them. I saw the one that was before Jurassic World. Yeah, um I saw the one before Jurassic World. That was a trailer. Um because they actually talked. If they didn't talk, that was the teaser ones. There are two of them. And like they look and sound just like I don't know who the composer was for Interstellar, but like even the music, I, I thought I was I thought I clicked well, on the they wrong also link. Co op that stuff a lot for trailers. So it act you might actually be listening to Interstellar music. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like I've seen you know like you go back and you watch like nineties films and you're like, oh my god, that song was in every trailer. Like I mean, it's fairly distinctive, and it looks song from Willow and song from Aliens. Yeah, was in a ton well, of trailers. Yeah, yeah, and the Stargate was up until the, the show came out. Stargate was actually in a lot of trailers mm-hmm. as well. Um, anyway, what? A, yeah, I was. Just... I actually think that that's purposeful, and they're just trying to draw in that Interstellar success to the Martian. But I don't think it's going to be very similar at all. And on, you know, all honesty, I actually have high, very high hopes from this movie. Yeah, but why are they Not just because it's a, then why are they shooting themselves in the foot by making it look so much like Interstellar that it's embarrassing? I feel bad watching this trailer. How much? I mean, you have to consider how well does hard science fiction sell? Um, I'm really hoping Interstellar that it's, did yeah. remarkably well, yeah. but for the most part, it doesn't do well. Yeah. So, from like a business Hollywood point of view it makes sense for them to draw the comparisons as much as they can i hope that it's yeah interstellar i hope that it's not that much of a a hard sci-fi film i think the martian trailer did a better job than interstellar because of the trailer i I didn't really know what was going on it was you know i had a little bit of an idea what was going on but the martian trailer gave you a solid idea of this is what's happening Uh so i've been more so i haven't seen interstellar yet because i didn't really know what it was about I'm not sure how much like it actually tells you about the film, and, and like there were there are like these horrible, horrible tropes in the trailer. There's one scene I think it's Jessica Chastain is sitting down with the other members of the crew, and she's like, "If we miss the supply ship, we all die. If anyone is lactose intolerant, we all die." 
And she's going through it, like, the list of things you can conceivably go wrong. And it's just like, oh, my, I've seen this scene 500 times. And then the entire thing about, like, yeah. oh, we're this, this NASA crew is going rogue. Like, you know how you make it to be an astronaut in NASA? By not going rogue. Like, that, I mean, it makes no sense. It totally takes me out of the movie. You've got to be, like, one boring motherfucker, you know? Yeah. Uh, you. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, they, they want somebody with a double doctorate who runs marathons and, you know, then to, to comes some home extent, and, yeah. and reads The Economist and falls asleep. But here's what I'm hoping. See, okay, do you guys have any background with, with the book? No, I, oh, I don't read book? books. Yeah, this is based on a book. It's sort of one of those uh, overnight success stories by a guy named Andy Weir. His story, I remember reading about it, oh God, maybe about a year and a half ago, about the success of his novel and how Ridley Scott was starting to make this movie. Uh, this is before they had cast anybody or whatever, but I, I it read that Ridley Scott picked it up, and basically he just uh, he he's a cons- he's a computer science geek from Silicon Valley, and he's like the son of an, a particle physicist, and I mean he's obviously got the brains to do things, but uh, he wrote this book and didn't really think anybody would like it, but his friends are like, hey, go publish it on Amazon, so he published it on Amazon uh, to download on Kindle for ninety nine cents. And apparently it just like blew up within a really short span of time because the book was so well researched. It was so well written. Uh, it, it, people ha- ha- are comparing him to like an Arthur C. Clarke in that regard. And in fact, it's so meticulous in how it approaches the science behind what's going on uh, in the movie. So like, I, I guess I have a little bit of a background as far as yeah. that goes. But because I was really hoping that it wouldn't be. Like, that hard sci-fi. Because, like, I don't think the movie is going to get that in-depth. Like, if there were a movie I could watch and it would actually show me how I could survive on Mars, I'd be like, this is pretty useful, because you never know. <laughs> but I, I feel like... You're like, fuck it, I might, I might <laughs> end there, up there one day. Dude, I swear to, oh I swear to Christ, there's actually, like, a part of the trailer where it's, like, Matt Damon and he's sitting by himself and he's like, like, there is no way I can possibly survive for, for four years. Unless I science the hell out of this thing, and I saw this in I, I saw this trailer in a theater <laughs> before Jurassic World, and he, that line it was kind of half laughs and half groans. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the old. Um, uh, I, I sort of saw like the uh, the Phantom Angel of Bill Nye uh, sitting on one shoulder, <laughs> and like Mister Wizard uh, on the other shoulder. But it reminds me, yeah. C- come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. You, you, guys, you can do you guys this. Seen that German um, <laughs> hair product commercial with Ben Affleck. Where he's explaining how the shampoo works. Uh, yeah, he's explaining how shampoo show, no. works, and he's like, here comes the science. It was an internet meme, like, five, ten years ago. Oh, uh, I guess I maybe I did see it and just repressed it. I don't know. Uh, all right, well, anyways, I, I do have hope for the movie. Like, I'm definitely... Dude, it's hard science fiction. I'm, gonna go see, yeah. I'm definitely going to see this shit, you know? Uh, it's got the big, you know, the big star... And it, well, I should say multiple stars now. Uh, I think Jessica Chastain has sort of become a household name. Uh, apparently, people kept confusing Bryce her Dallas and <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard. And uh, Bryce Dallas Howard had to get, like, she was going on these press junkets, and everybody kept calling her Jessica Chastain. And she sort of, like, just walked out on one of them or whatever the hell it was. It's like, I'm not Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain. Fuck you guys. Anyway. Plus, you have to support uh, yes. He's a gigantic liberal. So, that's good. Oh, who? Oh, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. 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 They, they're liberals, um, yeah. Not lip. You mean they vote Democrat? We don't stand for that here in the trailer park. Yeah, I was hoping that it wouldn't be that hard sci-fi because um, it didn't like the trailer didn't look hard sci-fi enough to justify it being hard sci-fi. I was I, hoping that like in the trailer they're just showing us like the first like 
half hour, 45 minutes of the film. 20 minutes. And like... Yeah. I really think that's what was going yeah. on. And they're Because number one, Ridley Scott is way too good to do something that looks this unoriginal. And this, I mean, like, it is like pound you over the head unoriginal. Yeah. And number two... um how cool would it be like Matt Damon? He, he makes it like four years on Mars and they come back and rescue him, but he's got like a beard and he's like turning orange. Cause the sand has worked its way into all of his pores and stuff. And he starts like speaking in tongues yeah. cause he's been there by himself with no communication forever. And then he comes back to earth and then it's basically like the end of castaway. And so like he, like, like, like he gets <laughs> done exactly at work at NASA and then like he goes home and like puts a fishbowl over his head and then goes in the backyard and tills, the dirt you know what i mean like that would be a great film and then and at the very end there's like you know like there's a commercial trip to mars and he, he goes back to mars so he can like die in peace or something like that would be a great film <laughs> he's the one that leads that uh, reality television experience yeah. to mars one way ticket motherfuckers <laughs> becomes like grizzly adams yeah. or something of mars the next one then guys uh, it's the most unsung of the three. It's Z for Zechariah. Uh, it's one of those things I picked up on IMDb one day and was instantly fascinated by. I'm I'm a junkie for anything that's post apocalyptic anyway. Yeah. So you sort of had me right there. But uh, excellent cast. I've never heard of this director, Craig Zobel, before. No. It's, he's done stuff, but nothing really remarkable to speak of thus far but it does have Chabadol Ejiofor and Chris Pine and Margot Robbie as the female lead and the idea of the story is they are in a valley uh, and it's post-apocalypse and she's been all you know speaking of being all alone and talking to the fishbowl she's been all by herself and I guess mm-hmm. subsisting for what she can and she's sort of got her own little slice of paradise going on but of course it's extraordinarily lonely and there's nobody else along until uh chavanel edgy character comes in and they meet and of course then chris pine comes in and you think there's some sort of secret going on with him. are, are chris guys think? pine and chris pratt two different people because i'm a little bit confused now <laughs> yes all right i was yeah I was one, like, one is shit, star lord and, and one is oh, he's, kirk. He's, he's actually captain kirk I was like, holy shit, it's religious Kirk. You say religious Kirk? Why, is he, yes. he religious in real life? Why do you say religious? He was all about, you know, he was putting the cross back up. Oh, okay, in the God film. All, the time. all right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 in the trailer. I, th- I thought you meant, like, Chris Pine is some, like, secret no. evangelical or something. Oh, no, no, he's playing like, one he of hang, the movies. He hangs out with Kevin Sorbo yeah. and Steve. Hey, I just want to say, I've been looking at the cast of these people because the, you know, the black guy who shows up, he's Chiwetel Ejiofer is, uh, is his name. Um, he lets me call him Chewy, for short. But he's also in um, he's also in The Martian. Did you guys catch that? He's on. Oh, yeah, he's in the crew. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, is he like the new Samuel L. Jackson? Did you see that? Whatever that teddy bear movie is. Ooh. Like, no. At least Childhood Legend Four is uh, Oscar uh-huh. winning, whereas Samuel L. Jackson, I don't think he's ever been rewarded for his for, yeah shouting. Acting. Yeah. Quote unquote skills. Oh, by the way, have have you guys seen the uh I'm not Lawrence Fishburne? No. No. No, you haven't? No. Oh <laughs> You should look it up. What are we talking about? <laughs> this this um film guy for the news ch- uh channel out in I think LA is uh interviewing um 
interviewing Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, he asked him about you know this this commercial that he was in, and he's like, "What yeah. commercial? You're as bad as the guys on Twitter. I am not Lawrence Fishburne." <laughs> <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> just spanks him for like the next five minutes. Maybe it's because Samuel L. Jackson is horribly overexposed. He, he deserves what he gets in that regard. Anyway, <laughs> we do we have a release date? Yes, August 21st of this year. So of our three movies, this is actually coming out the soonest. Do we have any high hopes for this? Any secret hopes? Like this is going to be like the underdog Yeah, kind of I thing? think it might be. It, it looks like it Yeah, be. it looks like it has a lot of the same aesthetic as... Um, Children of Men. Um, I like the idea that it's supposed to be. I know it's it's, Ooh, it's also based on a novel, which I, I haven't read. But I, like I know in the novel they specify why there's this apocalypse, so they can inhabit a post-apocalyptic world. I, I almost I hope they like don't really specify mm. in this because I love the apocalypse films where it's just like the end of the world. Because like we have time to dwell on it now, but people like if you're actually living in a post-apocalyptic world, you're not going to be thinking about that crap anyway. Like that's something you're probably not going to want to talk about much either. No. Yeah, I, I I feel like about how it happened. Like, yeah, how it happened. Yeah, yeah, and like, what would be the context? I'm sure you you'd have PTSD yeah, l- and like, all that shit. And what, what would that conversation look and... like too? Because you'd be talking to somebody else, and you'd be like, "Hey, you remember that time the world ended?" And they'd be like, "No, I forgot. What's <laughs> wrong with you? <laughs> Where were you when the world ended?" Yeah, they'd be re- reminiscing about the stuff they miss more than the, what actually happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pre-apocalypse yeah. but definitely not post-apocalypse yeah. yeah movies like this this movie looks like it has good potential but movies like this the the narrow there's a very narrow margin of good or bad with movies like i agree this. and i mean did you guys watch book of eli i'm sure there have been more post-apocalyptic movies of this nature i mean i'm not talking about like mad max fury road or anything like that of course that's post-apocalyptic but this this kind of reminded me of book of eli in, in that we have like solitary characters and not a whole lot going on, which there probably really wasn't a whole lot going on in Book of Eli. And um, people with mad cow disease. People with mad cow disease. True. Yeah. Anyway, I, it it brings to mind that, I, and I I did not like Book of Eli. At oh, all, I so thought it was alright. I have, I have yeah. hopes for it. That's because I'm a, I'm a junkie for the yeah. genre anyway. I liked the the Kali, you know. Um, knife fighting you know machete fighting stuff oh uh, uh, was he an x-man because wasn't he blind through the whole movie yeah, yeah. i wasn't sure if i because I, I watched that movie on an airplane and it's one of those things that you could you couldn't go back and re- i was the only one watching it so i couldn't ask anybody around do you remember like, blind what the fuck just happened do you remember blind fury i do remember <laughs> blind fury we're we're giving him a pass on that one all right <laughs> rucker Howard can do no wrong Actually, that's not true. He's done a lot of wrong. But uh, he's the man. Whereas Denzel Washington, he is the man, but when it comes to those kind of action films, not so much. No, I I just, the fact that Chutel Ejiofor is in two out of the three movies, and he's really famous for this film, 12 Years a Slave, that I never saw. Uh, Like, I think it's interesting in our society where it's like, we had black people up through the 1860s, and then they just totally disappeared until the 1960s. Like, who are the famous black people between then and now? You know what I mean? The ones who yeah, got, like, like in Bridge of Spies. Like, there's not a single black face in the entire trailer that I can see. And there, there's rooms with hundreds and hundreds of people. Goddamn. I'm just making a really funny point. Yeah, that's true. Okay, guys, I think the trailer park is closed. 
Get on your pickups and get on out of here. Yeehaw. All right, bye, everybody. For the watch. For the watch. For the watch. For the watch. For the watch.